Shalom, this is Aaron speaking from Yerushalayim. I'm going to be speaking about Pardes, the, the uh, Jewish concepts of Pardes, of Halakha, you know, the Holocaust, and the concept of Tikkun HaOlam. Now in Judaism, there are said to be four levels of understanding of the Torah. There is Peshat, the literal. There is Remez, which is a hint or a, an elevated level. There is drash, which is a search or an explanation, and there is sod, a the hidden or the spiritual. The Hebrew word pardes is an acronym of the four levels of interpretation: P for peshat, R for remez, D for drash, and S for sod. Putting vowels in the proper place, since there there are no vowels in Hebrew, only consonants you would say Pardes, that would be the representation of this acronym. Pardes means, and it is actually a word meaning an orchard or a garden in Hebrew, and um, is actually the direct ancestor of the English word paradise, where we get from Pardes. Pardes can easily um, be correlated in name for Ganaden, for the Garden of Eden, out of which flowed four rivers. Okay, so there's a huge parallel between Ganeden and between Pardes. They are interchangeable terms. And also, Olam Haba, the world to come, is likened to Ganeden. It is likened to Pardes, or Paradise. Um, and out of Ganeden flowed four rivers, indicating each of the four levels of understanding Torah flowed out of Ganaden, out of Pardes, out of Paradise, out of the Torah, out of Olam Haba, the world to come, eternal life, flows four rivers. The four levels of understanding parallels these four rivers. The Mishkan, or the Tabernacle, and the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, which are both the same thing, the replicas of the same thing, are actually the same thing as Ganaden itself. Ganaden, um, in Ganaden, was located the most holy place, um, which was placed the Etz Chaim, the Tree of Life, um, which is symbolic of the ten emanations, the Sephirot, or the, the emanations, the spirits of Elohim. Um, and that is directly akin to the Aron Habrit, which is the Ark of the Covenant, um, which rested in the most holy place. Here you see this parallel between the Chaim and the Aron Habrit. Um, and this is where the spirit of Elohim descended from the Shemaim in the most holy place of the Mishkan and in the, uh, and in the Beit HaMikdash. To make a greater connection, Beit El, where Yaakov saw the ladder to Shemaim, is actually the place where... Um, is actually the place where the actual Beit El, Beit HaMikdash, was built in Yerushalayim. There is high likelihood that the same place of land where the holy place of God then existed is the same place of Beit El, um, where the Beit HaMikdash was built in Yerushalayim. It should be no surprise, uh, this is the place Adonai chose for his dwelling place on earth. Uh, you, you may notice um, I use the title, the holy title Adonai, 
um, quite differently that most people pronounce Adonai or Adonoi if you're Ashkenazic. Um, I pronounce Adonoi, Adonai actually, based on the original Hebrew pronunciation of the letters, just to get that by. Um, so it's no, it's no surprise Hashem chose this place for His dwelling, for His dwelling place on earth. There, there's no reason He just chose it out of nowhere. Um, the restoration, we there's this concept of Mahut Shomayim or Mahut Elokim, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of of Elokim, God, which is correlated in the Tanakh with Sukkot David, the tabernacle of David, or Mahut David, the kingdom of David, of David, etc., etc. This has everything to do with restoring the original Gan Eden the original Pardes, the original Paradise, known um, and, and the understanding of the Torah as it was known by Adam in Gan Eden. And all of these things relate, all of the covenants with David, which bring us back to, to more and more to Gan Eden. And that's what it's all about. It's about going back to the beginning, to the original place, which was Gan Eden, which is Paradise, Pardes, the complete unity of the Torah, the complete unity of the name yud with vav um, which we say in our prayers every morning. Um, in fact, from the time of the sin of Adam and Hava, or Adam and Eve, a series of covenants were made with offspring of the righteous, leading up to the final return back to Gan Eden which will begin to take place at the coming of Mashiach ben David, Messiah, son of David, who will restore Sukkot David, or Mahut David, the Sukkah, the tabernacle of David, or the kingdom of David, which is actually the restoration of all 12 tribes underneath the perfect unity of Torah, and that Mashiach will teach us Torah, and he will rule with an iron rod based on the Torah. And the Torah will be our will be our supreme law, and that is the time of Mahut David. This is paradise. People don't realize, especially the Christians who claim the Torah is such a burden for them that they they're no longer under the Torah, and that their Messiah took them away from being under the Torah. They have such a warped view of what the Torah is. The Torah is paradise. The Torah is pardes. The Torah is Olam Haba, it's the world to come. It is, um, it is eternal life, it's the Torah. And it's a beautiful thing. It is a very beautiful thing. As time continues here on earth, things become more dense and more detailed because of the ever-increasing number of B'nai Adam, um, sons or children of, of Adam, human beings. The term Ben Adam in Hebrew means simply human being. It, literally a son of Adam means a human being. That's the word you use for human being in Hebrew. And so there are more humans, there are more B'nai Adam on earth, and it is really B'nai Noach, if you look at it that way. Um, and there's an ever-increasing number of these people, and there's an ever-increasing number of details, and information, and knowledge, and things are built up, and it's and um, things are more detailed and dense because of this.
what began as a personal relationship between Adam and Adonai eventually became much more at Har Sinai, at the Mount Sinai, when the descendants of the chosen righteous ones had been established through the passing of righteous seed. From Noah all the way down to Abraham, then down to Yaakov, or as he was later called, Yisrael, and all of his sons, the twelve tribes of Israel, and their offspring. That is the righteous remnant. Very, um, very physical, but yet very spiritual. As a pattern, as the pattern of exile and redemption cycled for the first time, um, besides that of Adam's exile from Gan Eden, was the eventual bondage of the Bnei Israel in Eretz Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt, the land of bondages is what it means literally, uh, when they had lost the divine knowledge of the Torah there in Mitzrayim that was taught to, basically, Noah knew the Torah as passed down from Adam. Noah taught the Torah to his son Shem, his firstborn son, the father of all Semites, the father of all Hebrews, the father of all Israelites, the father of all Jews, taught the Torah to the world. He was a prototype of Mashiach, being Olagoim, a light to the nations, a light for the nations. And he taught the Torah to many people, taking people out of idolatry and into righteousness. And Torah is righteousness. And so the sons of Israel lost this knowledge of the Torah that was passed down to them when they went into Mitzrayim, when they went into Egypt. Um, they lost this divine knowledge that was passed from Adam to Noah, from Noah to Shem, from Shem to Abraham, from Abraham to Yitzchak, from, from Yitzchak to Yaakov, and from Yaakov to his sons, all the Israelites. And this needed to be refined. And so they were brought out of Mitzrayim by the hand of Adonai and brought to Harsinai where the Torah was first delivered to mankind since the creation of Adam. It was delivered here by the spoken word of Hashem, the spoken word of Elion, who spoke as he spoke the world came into being. As he spoke at the beginning, he created the universe out of the words of his mouth. He created the universe out of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. All of these letters have different significance, spiritual significance. And as one letter connects to another, it has a spiritual power. And this is how Hashem, Elohim, how he created the earth the universe, the entirety of what we live in. And this same voice spoke the Torah, Devar Hashem, the word of Hashem, forth to the people of Israel and every foreigner joined to them. And Hashem spoke in every different language of the earth. He spoke in all the tongues so that everyone would understand. And they were tongues of fire, and people could see them. Um, and this was the first time the Torah was, was actually 
spoken for that we know about anyway since the time of Adam who Adam knew it from being intimate with Hashem in Gan Eden he knew it and he passed it down and then now finally when the Israelites were let out of Mitzrayim he was the Torah was given once again now at the eventual split of the two kingdoms of Israel into the northern and southern kingdoms the northern kingdom called the Beit Ephraim the house of Ephraim and the southern kingdom Beit Yehuda the house of Judah um, the righteous remnant remained Judah while Ephraim the northern kingdom became entirely integrated with the Goyim after their ex after their um, exile into Assyrian exile and they, they split up and went among the nations. Jew is Yehudi in Hebrew, which means Judahite. It's, it's a someone from the house of Judah, a member of the house of Judah, which is the righteous remnant of Israel. Not that the house of Ephraim would forever be lost, but Judah carried the authority of Israel since it was the only the only part of Israel which remained Israel they didn't the Jews we did not lose our identity as Israelites as did the house of Ephraim or some people know them as the 10 northern tribes or the 10 so-called lost tribes um and and we remained loyal to Elohei Israel, the God of Israel, we remain loyal to Him and His Torah. And Mashiach would come from Beit Yehuda, from the Jewish people. So as time goes on, things become more detailed. The rabbis of Judah begin expounding, expounding upon the Torah, expanding the understanding of Torah, as did Mashiach, and building upon the Torah. A beautiful house of customs so long as none of them contradict the Torah. The oral instruction passed down from Moshe at Harsinai and the halachic authority passed down from him to the elders who were appointed. You can look at Shemot or Exodus 18, 13 through 26, Devarim or Deuteronomy 1, 9 through 18. These elders were shown the people it and the way in which they must walk, which is what we know as halakha. Now, halakha comes from, like if I said in Hebrew, ani holech, I'm walking, is what it means. Holech, walking, is the same word as halakha, just different vowels. It's the same consonants, it's the same root word. Um, their judgments were actually judgments regard were regarded as judgments of um, the Most High Himself, which you can read in Devarim or Deuteronomy one seventeen, and even regarding regarded as Torah itself, which is Devarim seventeen eleven. First, their authority was in small matters, which is in Shemot or Exodus eighteen twenty two and twenty six, and in Devarim or Deuteronomy 1, 17, but later expanded into greater matters, Devarim 17, 8. They were later known as the Great Assembly, which which uh, the Most High had placed His Spirit upon, which you can read in 
in uh, in in uh, Numbers uh, 11, 16 through 17, and 24 to, in verses 24 to, through 25 as well. Upon Beit Yehuda's return from Babylonian exile, Ezra established a a council of elders, which you can read in Ezra 7:25, 10, verses 14, and verse 16 as well. And they began making halachic decisions, which you can read in Ezra 10, verses 10 through 19. At this point, since only Judah, the Jewish people, remained as Israel, the observances of Israel became known as Judaism, named after, the, after Judah, the Jewish people. This would be the faith and people that Mashiach would come from and graft the the house of Ephraim or the lost Israelites back into. They would come back into Judaism, the righteous remnant of Torah observance, the righteous remnant of the faith of Israel. So from Adam to Yehuda, from Adam to Judah, one thing remained the same, a personal relationship with the Creator, with the Most High, amidst all the increasing details of time. It still is just as simple, yet that simplicity of a personal relationship with Hashem is, ex is, is, is expanded upon greatly. And it is a great blessing for a man to be able to take upon himself the, the task of building a personal relationship with the Most High, with walking or halakha righteously in his sight. And diving into the knowledge and understanding of the ever-increasing details, which like the Jewish traditions in Halakot, that is plural, Halakha, are built upon the rock, the rock-solid foundation of the beginning and of the Torah. Now when Mashiach came, I believe uh, Yeshua HaNetzer came as Mashiach ben Yosef. When, when he came, he established among the different sects of Judaism, which was right. This established, in a way, sort of an elite sect, or more like a coalition sect of followers of this great Jewish rabbi and Mashiach, in my opinion, who were zealous and tenaciously observant of the mitzvot of Torah. These people were called the Netzarim named after their great teacher, Yeshua HaNetzer. Yeshua HaNetzer, or HaTzemach, the branch, the sprout of the David, is what that relates to. It is no coincidence that Netzer means offshoot branch, or a branch, or a sprout. Halachic authority was handed from Mashiach to Shimon Kefa, and the later established Netzari uh, Bedin, the Nazarene Bedin, the Nazarene Sanhedrin. Um, now, first of all, I would just like to mention briefly that although I will speak about this later, the Nazarene were descended from the Pharisaic and Essene sects of Judaism in that day. They, both the Pharisees and Essenes, believed in the Oral Torah, as were the uh, Sadducees did not. The Nazarenes believed they were from the Pharisaic and Nicene backgrounds, and 
really by their giving halakhot and Yeshua expanding upon the Torah, um, clearly, it clearly seems they clearly believed in the oral Torah, the oral instruction. Um, as, as time has continued, the astounding understanding of the Torah on all four levels becomes more and more revealed. Remember the four levels, the Peshat, the literal, the Ramez, the Hint, the Drash, the Search, the Sod, the Secret, Spiritual. And so the studies of the Jewish rabbis and masters in the Talmud, in the, in the writings of the Nazarenes, in the Zohar, in the Bahir, in the Tanya, in Sefer Yetzirah, and other Jewish writings, have expanded upon the teachings and understandings of the Torah greatly. They are there for us to benefit from, not for us to reject in the ignorance of a mere Talmud, a learner. The teachings of Yeshua must be viewed in the lenses of these ancient Jewish teachings of his time and before, not in a modern and non-Judaistic view, such as the view that Christianity views Mashiach in. This this great Mashiach taught teachings that stressed complete chassidut, or piousness, if you will, and complete submission to the Torah, and taught to, to listen, hear, and obey the will of the Most High, His Torah. Yeshua taught His Talmidim to observe the mitzvot of Torah zealously, both outwardly and inwardly. Much later, a sect of Judaism arose called the Hasidim. This sect stresses observing the mitzvot with complete contentment and submission in every way. In fact, Hasidut explains that it is a mitzvah in itself to go above and beyond just simply obeying the Torah mitzvah. You're supposed to do it out of the love and desire of the Most High, your God, Elokecha. You are, you are to to do this out of your desire and love for him and your desire and love for your fellow Israelite, your fellow. And this is precisely what Yeshua taught. And this is precisely what the great sage Rabbi Hillel, who came before Yeshua, taught as well. And our great, um, our great uh, Shaliach in the Nazarene faith, who was a Pharisee as well, he was a Pharisaic Nazarene. He was trained by Rabbi Hillel's grandson himself. Um, Gamaliel II, and and um, and he came from also this this background of being a Hillel Pharisee, which it very much seems Rabbi Yeshua Hanetzer was also um, based on his teachings and his actions. There are huge similarities, huge parallels with that. When the Baal Shem Tov, uh, Rabbi Yisrael ben Elazar, who was the founder of the, of the Hasidic sect of Judaism, when his soul ascended into the Shemaim, it says he went to, a, to the palace of Mashiach, if you will, the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple in the Shemaim, in the heavens. And he asked Mashiach, when will you come? And the response was, when your wellsprings of Torah will overflow. The, compare this to the words of Mashiach in Yochanan 4, verses 11 and 14. 
like other Jews who were told either by Hashem himself or the rabbis to keep quiet about Yeshua, could Rabbi Yisrael, the Baal Shem Tov of Hasidic Judaism, have been told by Mashiach to keep quiet about him publicly? Because the time of Ephraim to come out of the Goyim had not happened yet, or the time for the lost tribes of Israel to come out of the nations has not happened yet. Had not happened at that time. Who can be sure? I don't think anybody at this point in time, but I will never dismiss the language and teachings of Hasidic Judaism as nothing significant or not expired or not inspired. I, I will never dismiss them as that. I think over the years, as the blindness to both the houses of Israel existed, those who honestly sought the Elokei Israel had mercy in his sight. Those who seek him with their entirety of their being, with their who seek him with all their heart. So what is the purpose of all of the different covenants? The covenants with Abraham, the covenants with Israel, the covenants with David, on and on and on. What are the purposes of these? And the, and the covenants made with mankind, and, and like I said, with Abraham, Israel, David, etc., etc. The purpose of these covenants is to restore the world with the establishment of Mahut Shemaim is to establishing Pardes on earth once again as it was in Ghana then. And as time continues, new situations and new problems arise, and the need for halachot or ways in which to keep Torah is there. Not only for those reasons, but also to instruct us in the proper ways to carry out the mitzvot of Torah, the commandments of Torah. When it is all boiled down to a base level, our actions should be based out of this motive. As Hillel and Yeshua both taught to love Hashem Elokecha, to love Hashem your God with all of your heart, soul, and might. On that principle, the rest of the Torah is based upon. As Hillel would say, be disciples of Aharon, Aharon Mekolon, a lover of peace, a pursuer of peace, one who loves the creatures and draws them close to Torah. And as Yeshua would say, happy are those who make peace from Mahut Shemaim is this. This making of peace has nothing to do with peace between, um, uh, uh, this making of peace is, has to do with peace between the righteous. As for the wicked who oppose Teshuvah, repentance, and Ali and the Aliyah of Israel moving up of all the tribes of Israel to spiritual and physical enlightenment, to spiritual return to the Torah and physical return to the land of Israel, and oppose the and thus oppose the advancement of Mahut Shemaim and the work of Mashiach, they should be destroyed and peace made with them is a false peace. As the Torah tells us, destroy the seed of Amalek. This mitzvah can be applied spiritually and physically. And in our day, we can absolutely carry out this mitzvah. The, spirit, the seed of Amalek has passed down to obvious individuals and people, such as anti-Semites and the Palestinian people, so on and so forth. It is through the observance of Torah and obedience to the Most High that advances Mahut Shemayim. Therefore, all who follow Ha'adon, 
Yeshua should be the most zealous for Torah and understand Peshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod, the four levels of understanding Torah, and to apply the mitzvot to their daily lives on all levels possible, both literal and, figure, and figurative. Unfortunately, Akel Katzah, which is the Aramaic term for Hasatan, has been able to take Yeshua's talit off, his, his talit, his Israelite garment off, and replace it with the garments of a Roman king, replace it with a, with a toga, if you will. No more do people associate the living Torah, Yeshua, with the Torah. Instead, they call him a son of Zeus, Jesus, Jesus, a pagan Greek god, a Christ, they call him. Let us fix the image of Elohim, Yeshua, Tiferet, Metatron, by first removing his pagan name and removing the pagan garments off his back and replacing them with his real name and with his tali. Through the observance of Torah, the world becomes fixed. We are acting the way of our master when we do this. Tikkun HaOlam, the fixing of the world, of the universe, comes about through all who observe the Torah and become Hasidim who draw people to the Torah. It is not done through some fake love or tolerance that the Christians teach. No, it is done through true, biblically, Hebraically defined Ahava, love, and the love of Torah, which is much different from the definition of love as defined by all the going and is de defined by common Western society today. When Mashiach ben David comes to do his work, he will not display the love and tolerance of the Goyim and the Christians. He will rule with an iron rod and restore the Torah to the supreme righteous standard that it is. And through this, he will establish peace, not by tolerating Torahlessness and paganism. When he does this, the world will be established in peace, as it was in Ganadin. He will be returned to that state. We will be returned to that state. The temple will be rebuilt in Yerushalayim, where Ganadin was originally placed. And the four rivers of Pardes will flow from it, meaning the Torah will go forth from Zion in the words of Hashem from Yerushalayim, as the prophets say. The Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination of a man, will be annulled, as the Ramban states, and as some of the writers of the of the writings of the Nazarenes allude to, such as Rav Shaul. Then the Torah will be written upon our hearts, and we will not have to tell our brother to know Hashem, because all will know him. That is the final outcome and the purpose of all the covenants and the summation of all the details and complexities that time brings on, and all the halakhot and Torah amplifications of the Torah teachers of Judaism. And, and from before Judaism's time, from the time of Israel and the time of Abraham, and like Shem and Eber who taught the Torah to the nations. May we see this redemption and restoration soon in our days, and may we act our part in the observance of the Torah and the carrying out of truth on earth. As Rabbi Yose would say, all your deeds should be L'Shem Shemaim, for the sake of of the heavens for the sake of the Most High. Shalom.